Hey, thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode. I'm super excited. I am talking to Amina today. I forgot to ask you before. Is it Amna or Amina? Amina, no, you're actually one of the only people who's ever said that correctly the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you say it on your Instagram story um, a few days, I feel like a couple weeks ago. Like, my name is not hard to say. And it's not. It's yeah. pronounced exactly <laughs> how you spell it. Yep, yep. Yeah. Americans are stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not just Americans, but mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Amna and I know each other from working on the newspaper 100 years ago in high school. Um, yeah. You were the editor in chief of the paper. And then after what? you left, I became the editor. Yeah. And that was that was an interesting experience working on the <laughs> working on the paper and doing that whole thing was something it yeah it definitely was a lot more work than we cut out for <laughs> yeah did you yeah. continue writing after that um actually yes personally I continued writing uh I got into poetry for a few years and I like even started writing a book and everything um yeah <laughs> cool. but I haven't in a while honestly the last year and a half or two have like really been busy um but yeah no I I still enjoy writing a lot cool yeah I when I started college um I started to want to work for the paper and it was so much more official and the deadlines were like very set in stone and I'm like oh my god this is too much work too much pressure yeah. and so yeah. I never turned in the one article that they asked me to write and I just <laughs> ignored them forever yeah, um be like that. yeah right so you're 26 now I am yes 26 okay. years young <laughs> <laughs> all right for the listeners can you describe yourself a little bit what do you do for work what do you do for fun yeah, for sure. Um, so as you said, I'm 26 years old. I am a Pakistani American and I am an IT auditor. I've been an IT auditor for like three years now. Um, and I basically what I do for fun is I think like a range of things. I think it really just depends on the week. Um, but I recently took a pottery. So I've been doing that as a hobby. Um, and outside of that, definitely Netflix. That's always something that's in the rotation. Um, and then outside of that, honestly, between traveling and chilling with friends and family, um, planning our wedding, <laughs> it doesn't leave time for much else. <laughs> yes. Wedding planning it takes up a lot of time. It's like a part-time job trying to yeah. find a place. Have you guys found your venue? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we actually, we found our venue back in January. So we knew we were going to get engaged. <laughs> we knew we were going to get engaged this summer. So I was like, we should book our venue now. Cause it was like still under construction back then. So it had like cheaper rates and stuff. And I was like, we know we want to get married. We know we just don't want to be engaged during a pandemic. So let's book our venue. So we have our venue, we have our photographer, we have a wedding planner and that's about it. <laughs> That's all. That's a lot, though. Those are like the big parts of everything, especially getting yeah. a good planner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you guys staying around the D.C. area? So, no, it's actually a little bit 
um, south. It's like maybe right next to Roanoke. It's in a random town called Rocky Mount, Virginia. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been in person to see it? Yes. So we went in actually back in January, like a few days before we booked, we saw it while it was under construction. Um, so we honestly kind of took a leap of faith, but we were like, you know, it looks like the plans look good. So (laughs) why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, we technically have booked our venue like sight unseen because it's in Mexico. So we're going to see it in October. But I mean, we already paid everything. That's definitely where it's going to be. So hopefully it looks like the pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, um, that part of Mexico is really, really pretty. I went on vacation a few years ago, so I feel like it could be anywhere and you won't be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. It came very highly recommended. So yeah, it's not like we just the pictures when they come. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Now that we know where it is, I feel like that's the most stressful part because people want to know what's the date and where is it and being able to answer those two questions I feel a lot more relaxed yeah yeah destination wedding is fun it I feel like it takes off some of the pressure yeah definitely and people can make a trip out of it hopefully they do their vacations before the wedding I don't want to see them in my honeymoon but (laughs) (laughs) that's a fair point (laughs) right it'll be good to see everyone no. Um, but speaking of fiancés and engagement, um, you've been with Julie for, what, two years, three years? Yeah, a little over two years now. I think we're going, we're coming up on two and a half, actually, next month. Cool. So, okay. Yeah. How did you guys meet and have this become yeah. a relationship? You know, the good old-fashioned way, Tinder. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, we definitely met through Tinder. Um, we met, we both met each other at a very interesting point in our lives. Um, but I feel like if we hadn't met each other at the time we did, we would be at completely different points. So I'm always grateful that like we met each other when we did. Um, but yeah, we've been together for a little two over two and a half years now. And uh, we had our first date. I feel like first date story is more fun because we met by swiping right. Um, right. <laughs> But yeah, we had our first date in uh, Tyson's and then we started hanging out a bunch after that. Um, and we got into a relationship, I think, like a month after our first date, month and a half after our first date. Mm-hmm. So um, you were on Tinder looking for a relationship? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. Honestly, it was so with a risk of oversharing, I was in a really interesting point in my life where like I knew I was bi, but I like just didn't like I hadn't experienced too much of women before. And I was just like, you know what? Like I'm single. Let's let's just look around, have some fun. Um, and yeah, no, we just having a swipe. Right. We went on a date and like two weeks and I like was dumb and was just like, I don't know if I want a relationship with a woman that da, 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 which is really funny to think back on now. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think like two or three weeks into dating, I was just like, I don't know what I was talking about. I know I want to date you. <laughs> Aww. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did your family respond to your relationship? Um, that's, you know, like I said, I grew up as like a Pakistani American. So I grew up in a very conservative household um, with people who just didn't really grow up around or weren't exposed much to the queer community. 
Um, so I think they took it as best as they could take it considering their backgrounds, um, and our relationships. I mean, they're all, you know, with my family, we've just all like been through so much together. So we're pretty tight knit. So they're, they're pretty supportive of me. Um, but there's still like a little bit of awkwardness and like, I haven't technically told my mom that I'm engaged yet just because I only came out to her a few months ago. So I'm like letting that simmer, you know, before I throw in some more ingredients into the pot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So does the family that does know they're excited for the wedding? Yes. Yes, okay. definitely. Great. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like a wedding would be a good opportunity for the families to come together and hopefully, you know, Maybe we can talk about the feelings and the beliefs later, but you yeah. know, they can at least see how beautiful you're going to be, enjoy yeah. the good food, all of that We're stuff. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see everyone's photos. I feel like every time I turn around, somebody is getting married and yeah. I love it. I mean, I don't yeah. know if their relationship's going to work out, but I like the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's been full throttle this year coming out of the pandemic. It's like, everyone's like, all right, next step, go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing about your relationship with Julie? Oh man, honestly, it's pretty hard to nail it down to one thing. I feel like relationships are so dynamic, but, um, I feel like our dedication to each other is, is definitely my favorite thing. I think it's, you know, finding comfort and knowing that at the end of the day, we know we want to build a life with each other and we're willing to do what it takes to do that. Um, and aside from that, I just think we all, we have just enough like similar interests to where we can have a lot of fun together, but like, we're always teaching each other things like so many things like she you know especially because she's brazilian i'm pakistani and like our thing in common oh, is being in america yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i think those are i think two of my favorite things is just like having enough to be alike um but still learning from each other so many fun things yeah um, no that's awesome i did not know she was brazilian she looks I mean, she is white, but she looks like regular white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she is. She's white Latino. Um, yeah. yeah, most people don't realize she's Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How I mean, I guess maybe these questions are similar, but was there a time where you knew like, OK, now I'm ready to get married? Um, yeah, I think that it was I think it was more gradual. To be honest, I think it was just like as we went further and further into our relationship, I realized more and more like how well we fit into each other's lives. Um, but I think as far as a moment goes, I think when she spent um, in our first year of dating together, she spent Thanksgiving and Christmas with my family. And it was just a great time. Like she really meshed in with everyone. And I'm really close to my family. family so it's really important that like my partner gets along with them. Um, and I don't know, she just, she felt like family. And I knew at that point that like, I wanted that feeling forever. Aww, that's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, were you ever like scared of the idea of marriage when it becomes, oh my God. yeah. Yeah, no, I still am. I, and, you know, to be honest, <laughs> it's a, it's a lifelong commitment. I mean, and we talk about it all the time too. Like whenever I'm talking to her, I'm like, dude, we're getting married. And she's like, I, I know. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. And she was like, yeah, but I don't know. I think it's, it's always a little scary, you know, because you're making a lifelong commitment to someone and, and you never know what direction it'll take, but you know, you just gotta, you gotta do your best and they're going to do their best. And 
hopefully that's enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When maybe a little bit earlier than this time last year, like last May or June, you know, talk about marriage was yeah. happening and it was a lot more serious and real. And I always thought I would get married. But when you're with the person and you're like, oh, it's going to be them <laughs> and this is yeah. going to happen soon, <laughs> I was I got scared. I was definitely having all of these different thoughts about, am I too young? Am, should I be, you know, farther along financially? Just so many different feelings about marriage. And it was great to be with someone who I knew was ready for marriage and was <laughs> not looking for reasons why it wouldn't work like me. <laughs> I definitely have anxiety. And people always talk about like listening to your gut. But for me, I have anxiety and I'm like, is that my gut or is that anxiety? And no, I definitely anxiety. <laughs> right. Exactly. 90 of the, I also have anxiety and I can tell you 90% of the time it is just anxiety. I stopped mm -hmm. listening to my gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about what you think about relationship advice. I see so many people, regular people like us or relationship experts um, online telling people how to make a marriage work or what's going to torpedo your marriage or how to date. Um, do you think most of that advice is legit? or bullshit um you know it's it's interesting I think it really depends on who's talking like in what forum you're taking this advice from you know I would say with places like Twitter or Instagram if it's some random person tweeting about what they think a relationship should be I think that's more so a personal opinion than it is advice but like for instance, I am on TikTok, embarrassingly enough, um, <laughs> and I follow relationship experts on there because, you know, I think I think some of the advice that they give is really good. And like, I'll be scrolling and I'll listen to something that they say. And I'm like, oh, OK, I guess I need to check myself like that's maybe this is something that I do that I shouldn't. Um, so I think that it really is like it depends on where you're getting the advice, you know, online is, it can be a dangerous place to get relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it can also be a really good resource. So I think as long as you are taking it from, from credible resources, from people who understand who have been in relationships for long enough, um, then maybe it's not the worst thing. Uh, but it really is just like taking it with a grain of salt, I think. Yeah, I agree. We went to a marriage and family therapist before we got engaged because um, they had like a premarital package. And so it was nice to have assessments and stuff already built in. And then every session, what we talked about was kind of based on our areas of difference um, in the sessions or in the assessments. And that helped a lot. Like that advice was great. It was also like tailored specifically to us. But I think a lot of the people who are just yelling online about, well, this is what I think you should do. It annoys me to no end because so much of it, I'm like, well, my relationship is good and that doesn't apply to us. And there are obvious examples of like famous couples that they're not doing that and they're doing fine. They also have a lot of money, but you you get what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I yeah. just feel like most advice doesn't apply to all people other than I think figuring out effective communication, almost anything, it, it just depends. 
Um, but do you have a piece of relationship advice you would give to people listening? Um, yeah, I think my biggest, honestly, piece of advice is to make sure that you're honest with yourself first and honest with your partner, whether that be about where you see your relationship going, what you want out of it, um, how you think it's going so far. I think that that's like something you need to be very honest and real about yourself. And I feel like I've talked to friends about that too. And that's one like piece of advice I always gave where if they were like, you know, with X conflict, you know, and it came down to where I would just be like, is this a person you see yourself building a life with? Like you have to ask yourself that question and be honest with yourself because sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes you're in a relationship and you're just dating because it's comfortable and you like that person, but they might not have the same life goals as you. So if you're just honest about that from the beginning, it'll make your relationship a whole lot easier. Right. That would solve so many issues um from the beginning especially with people i dated before desmond just if we were both honest about where we saw it going or what we wanted from the beginning we could have saved each other a lot of time that's yeah, great advice 100 yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a big reason i wanted to have you on here was to talk about um the quarter life crisis as people call it, as I call it, because I've been going through it um, since I turned 25, maybe even since I graduated college. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I I think I would describe the quarter life crisis as just almost an existential type of issue, like where you don't know where you're going in so many different areas of life. And you probably feel pressure to do well in love, career, finances, in your travel, and in the way I feel like you present yourself to the rest of the world these days. Um, kids, if you have kids, but not me. So, <laughs> but I'm curious, what has the quarter life crisis been like for you? What areas do you feel it the most? Oh my goodness. All of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I, for me, it's been happening. I think since I graduated college, I feel like I was graduating college with the sense that like, oh, I would start working and things would just fall into place. Like college was the one piece of the puzzle. It was like the final piece. And then everything would work out after that. And I was wrong. So, so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I feel like I've talked to a lot of, and I feel like it's a lot of people um, who are also going through something similar where it's like, it's, it's hard, to, like, definitely cut me off if I talk about this too much, because I have just been going back and forth about this in my mind for like, oh, please talk <laughs> forever. But like, yeah, I think it's just interesting, because it's like, I, where I feel the most pressure and what I probably might end up talking about a lot is career wise. I and like I'm blessed I'm so grateful for my career I'm grateful that I was able to get to this place um it's not bad it's not horrible you know I'm not like constantly stressed out or anything but I'm fairly unfulfilled you know but I think the the existential crisis part is when I think about all these other things I could be doing I'm like I don't know necessarily that one other thing would fulfill me I don't know that like I you know, it's not a matter of just going back to school and picking something else. Cause I think about everything and I'm like, I just want to try a little bit of everything for a few years. Like, I don't, I don't want to pick something and then do that for the next 40 years. Yes. Um, you're speaking to my soul. That is how I feel <laughs> like I could do a hundred different things, 
but not what I'm doing right now. No shade to my job. But like, it's not what I want to do forever. And but I don't know what I want to do forever. Should I know? I'm 25. That's not old, right? Exactly. No, not at all. And that's the thing that I think is insane is that we're expected to like pick this career and just go with it for 40 years. Like that to me is a wild concept. I like, and that's what I'm talking about. When I came out of college and I thought everything would fall into place, you know, I thought that like a year into it, I'd be used to it. You know, like the misery of like having to switch from college to work would go away, but it, it didn't. <laughs> like Same. I wake up and I go to work and I'm like, this is the most dreadful thing I've ever done every day from Monday to Friday, nine to five. And then I'm like this, you know, and it's just a matter of like next week will be better. Next week will be better. And now I'm three years into it and I'm like, ooh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life, but I don't know where else to go. And I feel like I just, you know, see people like there's, you know, a wide range. I feel like in our age, like I feel like I see people who have like found their purpose and found their calling and they love what they're doing and I'm just like, I don't know what that feels like or if I will ever feel that. And that sounds kind of grim. I don't mean it to sound grim, but it's just honestly how I've been feeling. And a lot of like how my friends I feel like I've been feeling because I feel like every time I post about this, someone responds and was like, I'm going through the same thing. So yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's my career. I just, I feel like a lot of pressure that I need to figure it out and know what I'm doing. Um, and I feel like I'm more so freezing now because of all the pressure. So I'm just like, I know I don't want to do this, but I'm also not making any strides to do anything else because I don't know what I'd want to do. Yeah, that is 100% how I feel. Um, when I graduated from college, I planned to go to law school. Um, I just didn't want to go straight through because I wanted to take a break. And then I was... I started working in the legal field and I was like, oh, I don't want to be a lawyer at all. I don't even and now I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even think the legal field in general is for me. And so I have a degree for something that I don't want to do anymore, but I don't want to take on more student loan debt. So I can't really go back to school and I feel so conflicted about what I want to do. I know what I want to really want to do, but I would need to live in a different place to do it. And I would really, if I could do anything, I would love to like write for TV. Um, there's no opportunity to do that in DC. So I would need to move across the country, which is super expensive. And I just feel like, oh, there's, there's nothing for me here. And I can't figure out exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I 100% understand that. It's it's just wild, honestly. It's I was going to say something and I'm like, man, it was something good, but I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> but yeah, what about no. job searching. No, I I went through that actually recently. I started my new job this week. Um, oh, but, congrats. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> working at the same firm Julie's working at as if we haven't seen enough of each other the last year and a half. Um but yeah, no, it was, it was something, if it, if it comes to me, we'll, we'll circle Yeah, back. just interrupt me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good point. The only people I see our age that I feel like really are set in their careers and seem to love it are people who had like a very specific pipeline to their job, like nurses, teachers, 
maybe some lawyers. I only know a couple people who've already graduated law school, but like those people seem really happy because the career path is very set. Um, and like the skill set for that job is very specific. But everyone else seems like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> everyone in corporate. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I remembered <sighs> what I was going to say when you talked about like having to move across the country to do what you wanted to do. That's another place where I feel like I see all these things where people are just like moving. And I feel like there's a certain like online pressure to not stay where you're from. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, that's also just very confusing for me because like, I'm not a fan of the traffic here or the corporate lifestyle, but I feel like I've gotten so used to the diversity in DC that like, I don't think I could go anywhere else and like feel okay, you know, like, and I, I hate, you know, New York is the only other place I can think of that's as diverse as, as DC in the US. Um, as far as I know, I might just be ignorant. And maybe LA, but that's really far. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> New York is just very cold and that my main aim would be to move away from the cold. Um, and I feel like LA culture is not something that at least from the time that I visited, I don't think I would survive in LA. I don't think I would like it that much to be honest. Um, so yeah, that's the one other point I wanted to make It's just, it's very conflicting because I feel like a pressure to like go somewhere and live somewhere new. And I want to experience that, but permanently, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, DC has kind of grown on me. There's so much I don't like about it, but I, mm -hmm. or DC Nova, you know. Yeah. I'm not official. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I do feel the same pressure to get out of my hometown and, or even my hometown area, but, and I want to leave. I want to leave, but it's hard to find the right place that's not more expensive than here that is warmer but that for me i don't want to live in like the deep deep south that just doesn't speak to me at all um we visited charlotte a couple weeks ago and i loved it but to your point it was like very black and white i wouldn't say that it was diverse there wasn't anyone besides black people and white people and that's fine for me but like it's good to be around a diverse group of people. If we're going to have kids years from now, I want them to grow up in diversity the same way that me and my fiance did. And it is tough to figure out where am I supposed to go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, definitely. Charlotte was another town that we we looked at and I was just like, it's just not enough diversity because yeah. that's one place that's cheaper and the weather is a little bit nicer. It's like everything but that one piece. And I'm like, man, can't you can't win <laughs> yeah it's tough i still really loved it but that is definitely a downside um okay so i'm curious on your opinions about social media do you think that social media can make a person's quarter life crisis worse oh for sure <laughs> um i mean you're constantly we consume so much like just data and and posts and feeds and like 
you know, most people are posting like their best moments and the best thing that's happening. And I do that sometimes too, but I, you know, occasionally spiral on Instagram as well, just to like do a little reality check, let people know (laughs) that I still (laughs) live in this world. (laughs) But um, yeah, no. And I feel like that's, you know, partly where like, I feel it sometimes too. Like I see some of my peers buying houses and I'm like, I am financially nowhere near that, you know, like I didn't grow up with intergenerational wealth. I had to buy my own car. I have student loans that I need to pay. Like, you know, I had like, I don't, I don't have, I feel like help that a lot of like my friends or peers have. So when I see them buying a house, I feel like I'm behind. And I know how ridiculous that notion is because I'm literally 26. Mm -hmm. Um, But it still gives me so much anxiety because I'm just like, oh my goodness, like I want a house. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to do this. Or like, I'll see someone traveling all the time and I'm like, how do they afford to do this? I want to be doing that. Um, You know, so, and I feel like a lot of that does come from online. And I found myself taking breaks from social media as well too, when I'm just like, yeah, I need to take a step back, remove myself. I'm getting way too wrapped up in like what should be and not appreciating what is enough, you know? So yeah, social media can definitely really like remove you from reality. (laughs) Totally. Definitely with the house thing. I'm like, so how, (laughs) how is it possible that you have this house? And especially with the travel, like, and it's not just people traveling, like backpacking through Europe, like they're staying in nice hotels, nice resorts. And I'm like, are you paying for this? Who's buying this? Or like, how are you paying your bills and going on these vacations? Um, I forget people might be charging the whole trip, um, which I would not want to do, but still it looks nice. And I am excited for them. But also I'm like, dang, I want to go on like two or three trips a year. That's impressive. And it looks really nice. Um, Not just two or three trips, though, like the trips that they're doing that like luxurious freaking like hotels like eating at the best places i'm just like it's insane like recently we went to puerto rico and i was looking at hotel prices and i just always thought puerto rico was like a cheap cheaper place to like vacation and that was not the reality i found and Mm -hmm. then i was like thinking about all the places and hotels that like i saw on social media that was like oh this is a great place it's really nice there's no kids and then i looked at the prices and it was like $450 a night and I'm like under what sun will I pay $450 a night to stay here yeah it's it's ridiculous and people can put together the best parts of their history I feel like with finances I've definitely seen people who I know for a fact like they either their school was paid for or like they had a really big advantage bragging about how good they are with money. And I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) your whole school's paid for. (laughs) Of course you were great with money. You had, you started off so much better than other people. Yeah, Um, that's a huge, it's a huge head start. And honestly, if their like school was paid for, then they probably already have a breadth of knowledge regarding, you know, financial wellness. And I feel like that's something that I'm having to learn at age 26 from scratch. I don't know anything about investing. I don't know any of that stuff. Like, I feel like there's a lot. And that's another part of the quarter life crisis. I feel like there's so much pressure right now to like invest my money and make my money, make me more money. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that, dude. I put it in a savings account. (laughs) Yeah, I was just talking to my fiance. He's really into investing. And anytime he talks to me about it, I'm like, yep, that sounds great. (laughs) 
when we're married, you can handle that part of the money because I literally have no <laughs> idea what you just <laughs> said. Um, I also feel the pressure with health and like health, but like, you know, being at the gym, eating healthy. And I mean, I've talked about having PCOS and like, I can do all that stuff. Do I do all that stuff? Not all the time, but <laughs> it's it's still just harder for me to lose weight. And it's frustrating to feel like my body is not presentable or like feeling like your life has to be presentable for you to enjoy it. Um, yeah, social media has definitely affected my yeah. brain. Oh, for sure. I I definitely like not diagnosed, but I'm like a thousand percent sure. I also, I, I suffer a little bit from like body dysmorphia and I'm pretty sure a lot of that is because of social media. I completely understand where you're coming from about like presenting your body to the world and like the pressure you feel with that. I, yeah, no. And I still do. And I try and like talk myself out of it, but it's not that easy, you know? It's it not the just love your body thing is that doesn't work. I said, <laughs> people are like, just train your brain to love your body. And I'm like, listen, Susan, it's been 10 years where I've been training it to do the opposite. You can't just tell me to force myself to like, that's not how this is going to work. Like at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's so weird because we're, I think in October, I'm about to go dress shopping and I'm like not excited about it, which sucks because it's supposed to be really exciting. This is going to be the dress that, you know, my kids will see, de you know, decades from now. And I'm like kind of dreading it. Like, I don't think it sounds terrible, but I feel like oh, I don't have the body for the kind of dress that I want. And I know the whole like everybody is a bikini body, even though this is a dress, you know, it's not though. Yeah. I do I do feel like my body's not gonna look good in the kind of dress that I want right now. And it's frustrating. I wish it was as simple as just love your body and <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, I when I say I feel you a thousand percent, it's like that and then people ask about it, they're like, Have you started looking at dresses? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain to you. <laughs> But this is like one of the least exciting, you know, parts for me because I just I'm not comfortable. I I a hundred percent understand. And then it's just like a little bit of anxiety because like I'm I'm plus size. I'm a little curvier, so I'm just like, man, I have to go out of my way to find shops that like carry plus size dresses. And a lot of the time, like even plus size wedding dresses are so like chuggy. Like they're just they're they're like <laughs> I've never heard that word before. <laughs> <laughs> on TikTok. It's really dumb. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's, they're very like, they're, they're very like, I don't know. They're like corny looking. They're like, you know, they're like either drowning you in cloth and like covering your body entirely to the point where it's just like, what is the point? Like, it looks like Meemaw's gown, you know, like it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I'm going for, but no. Right to your point I completely understand that it's it's it sucks yeah it definitely does suck and I 100% agree I think with like plus size clothes in general they're like why don't you dress like a 50 year old because <laughs> no matter how old you are if you're yeah. larger than like a size 10 it's over it's over yeah. for you yeah. <laughs> you have no clothing options yeah and 
and now I feel extra pressure to like lose the weight. Um, and my Instagram, like my explore page, it goes through cycles. And like sometimes the cycle is like before and after weight loss pictures. And I'm like, oh, my God, that needs to be me. Like I need to now I need to lose weight for these pictures. And yeah. sometimes it makes it more difficult to enjoy the process of the already stressful process of planning a wedding. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Totally. OK. Do you think we're past the point of removing the pressure to be perfect on social media? As much as I would like to say yes, I don't think so. If anything, I feel like it's gotten worse. Mm -hmm. You know, like I see all these videos where it's like, here's how to pose for your Instagram pictures. Here's some Instagram picture ideas. Here's how to build your personal brand. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I miss the days when I could post a picture of my sweet frog and everyone would love it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I... Yeah, no, I think it's gotten worse. And I think that we all fall into it too. Like I'm victim to it too sometimes. Like I'll try and like make sure a picture is really nice before I post it. And then I'm just like, what the heck am I doing? Why am I so concerned about this? But I'm like. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like I'm rolling my eyes at people who care that much, but I it's me. <laughs> I <Yeah>. am people <laughs> who care so much. Yeah. And I do, I, <laughs> you know, on Facebook, like they, will remind you of what you said like on this day at this point like 10 years ago and I go back and delete all of them but I'm still like huh (laughs) I I do miss the time like when you could maybe not say everything on your mind but post a picture of yourself and not worry about if other people think you look good um on one hand I'm like maybe the like button is the worst thing that ever happened because it made people be like, well, they have more likes than me. Do people like them more than me? Do I need to look more like them or have a body more like them or change the whole structure of my face (laughs) to be more like them? And it's it sucks. I've my heart aches for kids, especially girls who basically grew up on Instagram and don't know. They didn't get to be on the ugly part of Instagram like when they started people were modeling on Instagram as their career and that that's got to suck. Yeah. That's, I think about that all the time and I'm like, I don't understand how kids these days just like don't have an ugly middle school phase. I feel like that was a part of my growth. Like I needed to humble myself for three years Exactly. (laughs) to, to really get through it. You know, like I, I think about that all the time and I'm like, while there is a lot more positive like body content out there, I feel like you have to work harder for that to be like in your algorithms. You know what I mean? Otherwise you're just being fed like all the influencer stuff. And it's absolutely wild what people are aspiring to and how diluted the like, I guess, modern body image is like people are forgetting what people look like. (laughs) Okay. Even the people that we praise for being natural, like I love Beyonce, but I saw some old pictures and I know she had kids but like kids are not giving you the exact body she has right now okay yeah. show me a, a regular woman out in the wild whose body looks like that <laughs> after three kids it it doesn't quite add up she looks great the very subtle bbl that she got it looks great yeah but for sure. she did get one no and 
Uh, yeah, I do feel like it just creates these crazy unrealistic standards. I've compared myself to those standards. I try to remind myself not to, but it's really difficult. It's hard. It's really hard. It's yeah. Yeah, there's and there's also a lot of content out there that's just like you should start being the person you want to be. And they like do snippets of them working out and drinking green juice at 6 a.m. And I'm like, that life sounds I'm sorry, like maybe that's what a healthy lifestyle is. And I just like don't get it. But that sounds horrible. Like that's not. I want to sleep in sometimes and like working out is good and I should do it more for sure. I agree with that. But like it's just the pressure to be like that person is just like a lot. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm just here to live. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's a good transition. I've seen a lot of people talking about workaholic culture and grind culture and um, kind of the change in that and how millennials and Gen Z children are rejecting that. Like the idea that you're supposed to live to work and give up, you know, 12 years of your career to one employer, which is crazy to me. And just just that idea of making work your personality is kind of going away. Um, do you think that that's a good thing? Are you optimistic that it's going to continue to change? I think it's a great thing. Um, I think I'm definitely one of those people who's like, I'm not dedicating my life to this. Like, give 30% at your job. Do what they <laughs> ask you. Don't go above and beyond. Like... And I know that all sounds like, I feel like I'm bashing everything. Um, soul <laughs> session, I'm like, that sucks, that sucks, that sucks. But no, <laughs> I think that I honestly like workaholic culture to me just makes me like itch. Like, I'm just like, what, what, what do you mean? Don't stop the grind. Like, and going back to your dedicating yourself to 12 years to a company. Let me tell you, I am three years out from college from the time that I graduated college. This is my fourth job. And not because I'm getting fired or anything else. It's just because generally I just make more money by leaving. Mm-hmm. And I learned that very early in my career. And I know that a lot of people, like I remember a few years ago, I was talking to someone and they were like being like, oh, this person, they always leave their job and that's how they get more money. And I just think that's like messed up. And in my head, I was just like, your company should be paying you that much. You know, like if you can get that elsewhere, why not? And yeah, no, workaholic culture is not my thing. Like I, I just, I can't, I can't get with it. And I think to your question, it's, there's two things, right? There's workaholic culture and then there's what actually happens in corporations. And I think culturally, maybe we're like, yes, eat the rich, don't work too hard, da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, we all go back to our nine to fives, (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think anything and like, I think that people like, I don't think it's moving forward at the rate that it should be because like we came out of this pandemic and everyone was under the assumption that like work culture has changed, like, or we didn't come out of the pandemic it's still going on. Um, But everyone was under the impression that like work culture is going to change and we're going to be remote like there's going to be so much more remote work and the result that I'm seeing is not that I feel like corporations are eager to get back to the office. And most people aren't really resisting, you know, like unless we do it en masse, like it's not going to change. And I don't think that, you know, it will, at least not in this country anytime soon. Yeah, I think so, too. I think baby boomers, they're still in charge of everything pretty much right now. And they were raised on the live to work mentality. And I think it's going to take them 
getting senile um, for and us being in charge <laughs> for it to really change because I I think they just have this idea that millennials taking care of themselves is lazy and spoiled and we don't want to do anything and I'm like for my job no <laughs> like I don't no. want to do that much I'm not going to answer emails when I'm on vacation I'm not going to like be responding to emails before I go into major surgery like no I don't do life or death work so I feel like there's nothing that's that important in my job that can't wait a week yep. and yeah literally I, Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I blanked already. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no, same. Every time I like think about my job or like if I get anxious about something and I'm like, what if I, I need to do this on time or I need to meet this deadline? I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. None of this matters. This is all made up. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally a made up world. <laughs> like, What's the worst thing that's going to happen if an IT auditor doesn't turn something in on time? <laughs> Let me tell you nothing. Like, and I think that sometimes, and when I talk about this, I feel like with people, they always side eye me a little bit, you know, like I'm very candid about my like lack of desire to work. And <laughs> the fact that I will literally only give like 30, 40% at my job, what's, what's needed to be done, I'll do, but I'm mm -hmm. not going to go a mile above and beyond. And I always get side eyed for that. Or people just like, look at me, like I'm like slightly lazy or just like, that's not the way to succeed. And I'm like, I'm doing decently with this mentality so far. So yeah, no, I, I lost my train of thought, but yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think so many people here build their identity around what they do and maybe that's partially, I don't know if it's a DC thing or an everywhere thing, but you know, a lot of Americans, the first conversation you have with someone, they're going to ask you what you do and they're talking about your job. And I, I think that's so interesting. I mean, that's the first thing I ask on here because I'm always yeah. curious. <laughs> but I think so many people make assumptions about you based on what your job is. And it, I think we're trying to reject that. I think it's going to take a while, but I do think we're moving in a good direction. I hope that more companies get on board with remote work. Like even when we could go back into the office, I think a lot of millennials are going to scatter to remote jobs and more companies are going to realize that they need to get with remote or they're not going to have any employees. I yeah, hope that's, that's the hope that's <laughs> yeah. I know that with this job they were talking about being back in office in September, but obviously with like Delta going around. They're not so sure, but I'm just straight up going to be like, I don't feel comfortable going back to the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm blessed in where IT audit some of the jobs like are have been fine remote and I could do them remote before, um, especially now since we like aren't actually going to client sites and stuff. But I, I just hope that remote work is something that is an option for people in all fields because I think it just allowed a lot of people to just like reconnect with their home life. Definitely. I, I don't have kids and I mean, there's only two, me and my mom in this house, but I do get to see her a lot more and talk to her a lot more. And given that I'm about to move out and be married, it was nice to get to like spend this year with her most of the time. It was nice. And <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope that remote is the way that everybody is heading. 
Yeah. Okay. Same. Yeah. If you could go back and give your college self, let's say your 21 year old self advice, what would it be? Don't try so hard to fit in. It doesn't matter. If you don't want to go out, don't go out. <laughs> if you feel like something is wrong or if someone is mistreating you, speak up for yourself. Hold people accountable. There's a lot of advice I would give 21 year old me. She was a very naive, people pleasing person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel for her a little bit. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us were. I think I would probably say the same thing. Um, but I would also say, like, be quiet. Like, you don't need to share every opinion. <laughs> Some stuff you can just keep it to yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that's really good advice um, to advocate for yourself. It seems like so many young girls have an issue with that, with the wanting to please other people. Um, yeah. And I, that's not a personality trait I want to have. That's not even something I want to be able to say about myself, even yeah. to be relatable. Like, I don't want to relate to <laughs> being yeah. a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah, no, same. It's something I'm working on. It's definitely hard to get out of it. Um, but it's, yeah, 21-year-old me could have used that advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So we talked before, and we're not going to be doing book recommendations. But, <laughs> but could you give us podcasts and or TV show recommendations? Yes. Um, a podcast is You're Wrong About where they basically just like go through and like talk about myths or things that you didn't know about and just tell you about it or 99% invisible. That one just has really interesting, just stories about honestly, nothing important. It's just fun. Mm -hmm. Um, in TV shows, I feel like there's so many, honestly, I'm a huge Marvel geek. Um, so all of that. Um, but also I feel like Shit's Creek I'm a diehard Office fan. Um, Insecure is what I'm watching right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sad it's gonna... about to end. Yeah, we're on this. Uh, I don't know when the new season is coming out, but we're like on the season right before that. And we've been watching it. And I'm just like, this is this is really good. Um, so I love that show. And I don't know. I feel like there's so many. Ozark is also a good one. It really just depends on what you're into. I feel like I have a like a suggestion for every criteria. I, I watch a lot of TV. Do you watch pandemic. any reality TV? I haven't watched reality since we were in the, what was it Love at First Sight? Was that the show? I think. Uh, Married at First Sight or Love is Blind? Love is Blind. That's the one. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any since then, but I want to, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Love Island, so I might get into that. Yeah, I see people talk about that a lot too, but I haven't seen it. Um. TV shows, I never give recommendations, but if I could just give a couple. Uh, Survivor is great. I went to a Survivor-themed going-away party, and I had never seen it, but the party was really fun, and I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll just watch a season of Survivor and see what everybody is all hype about. And now I can't stop watching it. It's so, so good. Um, and 90 Day Fiance, I'm obsessed with it. I love trash TV. Married at First Sight is great, also trash. And um, RuPaul's Drag Race is my favorite. Oh, Probably competition I used to watch, show. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of RuPaul's in college. I need to get back on that. Yeah. I've 
my one of my best friends like exclusively watches reality tv <laughs> she doesn't want to have to think after work <laughs> it's just fair um but I was gonna say if you like Survivor I haven't seen Survivor but I think it's like more or less the same like mood there's a show on Prime called The Wilds and it's really 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 interesting um I 100% think that you would like that okay or you might think it's trash I don't know but you should that's good (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah um okay last question what is your dream for your life's work um I'm gonna be honest I don't know how to answer that um (laughs) I don't really have like a dream for my life's work or when I like have fulfilled like any kind of greater purpose or anything I just hope 60 years from now I'm happy with where what I did I'm happy with the life that I lived and I have little to no regrets that's Mm -hmm. my life's work is to be happy (laughs) find find what brings me peace yeah I think when I think about that question, I always think about what do I want to be known for? Like, not for like work, but like when I'm dead, what do I want people to say about me as a person? And <laughs> am I working on those things right now is usually what I'm thinking. I really want to be known for being a supportive person for people like to say, yeah, I shared that I did this thing and she seemed actually excited for me. And, you know, just people, I want to be known for like, if people are sharing their new business, sharing their accomplishments, I don't ever want to come off as a hater or like somebody who doesn't genuinely support when people are going for their dreams, because it takes a lot of balls to do it. Um, And just as like another, a person who like put other women on, I don't have anything to put other women onto right now, but like when I'm in a position of power, Um, I do want to be known for elevating and taking as many other women with me as possible. Um, I don't know what the field will be, but that's, that's pretty much all I got right now. Yeah. I feel like that's okay. I thought it was more like a career framed life's work type thing. Um, yeah, no, I think if I 60 years from now, what I want to have been known for, I think honestly, similar things. I just want to be known for being kind and caring and and someone who did the best they could and lived their, you know, lived their best life, their most authentic life, which is we, what we hear a lot. But <laughs> I don't know. That's all I want out of it. Honestly, I just want people to be like, she lived a good life. She's happy. Yeah, I think that's a good goal. Um, one yeah. that maybe people don't think about when they're thinking about checking off all the boxes and the list of things they want to do. Um, yeah. And I, I like that. So, okay. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Do you want to share a handle? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, it's just my first name dot Seda, which is S-A-E-E-D-A. My first name is Amina. I feel like, should I spell it out? I don't know. <laughs> it'll, it'll be in the thing. They'll, okay. They'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's a lot of complicated names. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Okay, great. Well, everyone, please go follow Amina. Go check out the podcasts and TV shows that she recommended. Thank you so much for doing this. I thought I think it went really well. And yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was so fun. I feel yeah. like 
it feels nice to talk about all these things. I swear I'm not a negative person to everyone <laughs> listening to the podcast. We just touched on a lot of crisis-y topics. <laughs> exactly. No, you definitely did not. You ended with wanting to be happy. So I think <laughs> you're good. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, thank you, Amna. I will talk to y'all in a couple weeks. Bye. Awesome. Thank you.